0: Did you know that the US Olympic swimming team performed to the Final Fantasy VIII music at Athens 2004? You're listening to the Xbox Hub podcast, the official podcast of the xboxhub.com. For the latest Xbox news, reviews, videos and opinions, make sure you visit the xboxhub.com, but for now, settle down, get comfy, and open your ears for some podcast delights. Hello, and welcome to the Xbox Hub official podcast, episode 168. My name's Gareth Bryony, I'm going to be your host, and on my virtual left is Mr. James Burks. Hey,
1: James. Hey, hey. I'm half asleep, but I'm here. How are you? Very good. I'm fully awake. Um.
0: On my virtual right is Mr. Richard Dobson. How are you doing, Richard?
2: Hello. Good. Thank you. How are you?
0: Very good. Very good. And on my virtual opposite, Mr. Darren Edwards.
3: How are you doing, Darren? Good afternoon. I'm very well. yourself,
0: Gareth? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um I'm, I'm. I'm. It's cloudy here. The sun's gone. But not.
3: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Not our
0: feeling that. Not our passion. Not our summer passion. Whatever that <laughs> might be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, we should, we can tell we've had a week break. I forgot what we're doing. Um, let's talk about what we've been doing this week. Uh James, what have you been up to?
1: Um, well, last week I was able to attend a digital showcase for outright games. Um so I got to see some gameplay from the new Jamaica game, Ride Adventures. and um, Paw Patrol World, which I had no clue what was going on right it looks fun I'm sure the kids will enjoy it and um, there's a baby Shark game coming out a Grinch game a new Transformers game Um, I'll do an article on the site if anyone wants to read it they all seem very child-friendly games I think anyone could play them to be honest Gareth if you want to give it a read <laughs> uh, so yeah that was a good hour nice little uh, showcase yeah um do you know and what? I watched the film at the weekend. Oh, God. I sorry, no, fun. I've never
0: played a Transformers game. Maybe this is the one to get me going. Oh,
1: into. Absolutely. It, it, it'll have the difficult settings that'll suit you. Don't worry. That's <laughs> I like. you hands. That's what I like to hear. Um, and I watched a film called The Witch, which is a sci-fi horror. Um, and it, it's really fantastic. If you haven't seen it, I'd recommend it. Um, it starts with some genetically enhanced kids getting killed and um, nice. and then it goes to a bit of a mellow farm drama and then it goes <laughs> up again to an action thriller <laughs> horror it's a really good two hours and um, yeah watch it guys what's this one wow. I've never heard of this film it's called The Witch it's on Sugar
0: no ah, stream platform yeah gone. yeah
1: okay um, but it's very very good okay good it's sequel Oh, yeah, Roger.
0: What's the witch? Okay. Um, Richard, I'm what about you? What have you been doing?
2: Well, I was going to talk about Barbecue Showdown on uh, Netflix, but uh, I did something oh. terrible last night, and I need to get it off my chest.
0: Oh, God. So,
2: we've, for the past two years, I think now, we've had a frog living in our garden, and I came home drunkenly on Friday, and uh, saw it for the first time this year in our driveway, so... I was chasing it round with uh, my torch on my phone, trying to get a decent picture of it around the car. If anyone would have looked out and seen me, they would have wondered what I was doing. <laughs> um, and then I saw it again last night as I was pulling into the drive. I saw it at the end, at the end of our drive, sort of jumping around. So I thought I would give it lots of room. Um, and then I would go get another less less drunken picture of it as I got out of the car, but I couldn't find it. and. Uh, then I checked under the car and I just saw its leg popping out from under the wheel. Oh, my God. Oh right? uh, and I, I genuinely felt
0: terrible. Oh, Richard. Oh, no. I don't know. Well, I think we should end the podcast now in memory of this frog. I've
1: okay. seen it, It's see. <laughs> over oh. 60 minute silence uh, yeah. in memory. I'm
0: of... <laughs> oh, sorry about that, Richard. Why have you got frogs on your driveways there? I don't know.
2: There's there's no water around here. I can't think of any neighbors that have got a a, a pond or a water feature. It's, it's just
3: yeah.
2: Well, it was. Oh, that makes it yeah.
3: worse.
0: <laughs> if anyone knows why Richard's no. got frog problems with no water around, please write in. Yeah. If any
3: of the issues yeah. on this podcast, then... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's that is sad. Well, you've brought we us, move on?
2: you've
0: <laughs> brought us all down, Richard. Thank you.
2: Oh, dear. You're welcome. Welcome <laughs> to my world.
0: I wish we had barbecue showdown, as long as they weren't barbecuing frogs. Right, Darren.
3: <laughs> frogs' legs, anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, hello, yes. Um, so I've been watching, um, well, for a few weeks now, but it's coming towards the end of the series, a drama called Silo, which is on Apple TV, mm-hmm. um, which has been really, really good. Uh, for those who don't know it, it's set um, underground, a community that are shielded from the outside world because um it's hostile and not safe and they've got this community that's been going for seems like 100 plus years and then as it goes on there's conspiracies people are trying to find out the truth there's relics from our time now like pez dispensers and things that are treated as artifacts and a band and it's quite a it's like a kind of a mystery thriller and it's got uh, rebecca ferguson as well who's brilliant so i would really recommend it i know I don't know if we've all got Apple TV, but it's it's brilliant. We were chatting a bit about it the other day, and there's been loads of good dramas on there at the minute, like consistently hitting them out of the park So I'd recommend that. And then the latest Marvel TV series started last week, Secret Invasion. Um, it's been waiting for a bit of Samuel Jackson to come back into Marvel, and the first episode was okay. Um, but the end, I won't spoil it. It was unexpected, and I was a bit disappointed by it. But we'll. We'll see what happens. Um but yeah, it's not, not gonna if you're not really if you're bored of Marvel, it's not gonna bring you running back. But we'll give it a chance and see how it goes, I guess. It's interesting because Silo is great, yeah. I love Silo, I think it's brilliant. It's
0: been renewed for season two. I think people love the books as well when they came out, so mm. I think it's a big fan Um it's interesting with Marvel because I think that I think I haven't seen it yet. It's had the lowest audience rating of all the things that for the mm. opening thing. And we've talked about it before. I think people maybe are just a bit... I think it's got a bit of... It's just not got that energy it once had or it hasn't got the people have just lost interest. Do you I, I think that's fair?
3: I think you're right. I mean, I said it before on the podcast, there's going to naturally be some fatigue because Iron Man came out in, what, 2008, I think it was. So it's been mm. a long time. But I do think that with there was a clear arc to the first three phases with Thanos and stuff. and in this phase four and five that we're in now there's so many loose ends and so many characters popping up in post credit scenes that it's just impossible to keep track of it all and kind of as you say I've kind of lost the kind of willingness Mm. to do so um Mm -hmm. so I don't know how they're going to tie it all up because obviously there's the controversy with Jonathan Majors who's supposed to be the big bad Mm. the Thanos of this series of, of films and things so yeah, I think they're in a bit of a. I think they're in a bit of a sticking point. I think could do a break, to be honest. Like mm. the pandemic, I think people could wait for a year or two before any more. But we'll wait and see. They may turn it around, yet. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, mm-hmm. What have I been up to? Oh yeah, I watched a series called I Am Virgo, and I Am Virgo is on Amazon TV, and it's by a director, well, musician, actor, director called Boots Riley and the premises I in virgo is a giant baby is born <laughs> so it's like and this um this couple who's um the the brother the sister gave birth, gave birth to the baby she obviously died because it's huge and uh they're looking after this baby but they're keeping it secret from the world and it grows into a 13-foot man Um <laughs> And they sort of keep it secret for the world suddenly. And uh then he gets to about nineteen and he wants to go out into the world and he does. Right. Um and that's the kind of premise. And in this world there's a there's a there's a sort of person called the hero, which is basically someone who used to draw comics and now has turned into a superhero, like almost like an Iron Man type thing. Um mm. and that person's looking for a villain and you know. But it's, I'm making it sound straightforward. It's not and you know me i'm um, I love weird stuff, and I watch a lot of weird stuff. It's very weird, so and Bruce Riley is a kind of genius as well, he's absolutely amazing his stuff um it's quite political as well it's really it's really oh. anti capitalism completely there's something I they just out. but they do stuff on on it's a kind of i think it's a comment on on superheroes, it's a comment on our kind of a journey about about capitalism, about kind of big corporations, but also a journey about cartoons. It is kind of amazing. it's Seven episodes are about half an hour each. Um, it's it's worth if you want to try to something something different, watch it. That's what I'm going to say. The effects are great as well. There's a there's a sex scene in it. Unbelievable. Okay, right, but in a weird in a weird way. Sold. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: Politics.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, but it's very good. I am Virgo uh, on Amazon. Um, good. Let's go straight into games. Um, before we do anything, our uh, games we've been playing now because we haven't really talked about games we've been playing because we had all the all the conferences, didn't we, before this? So, um, let's do Richard first of all because you can do the big one, Richard.
2: Uh, Final Fantasy 16, then, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, okay, um. So that came out last Thursday. So I've had it now for just about a week. Um, I'm not too far in. I don't know how far you are with it, Gareth. Um, so I'm stopped,
0: trying to... yeah I've stopped for a bit because I'm playing review games, but um, I think I might be about five or six hours in.
2: I think. Yeah. All right. I think I'm a bit further. Then I'm just on my way back to Rosalia the 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 place where you start the game.
0: Oh, right. No, I've um, I've just been in the forest. I've done all that stuff, having big battle. I've just that's all I'm doing. Having big battles. So yeah, yeah. All
2: right. So I'm just trying to trying to not to to spoil it too much. Yeah. But from from what I've played so far, um, it's very very good. Um, I'm really enjoying the combat. I think the world is excellent. The The writing and the the voice work is brilliant. Um, Is it a true Final Fantasy, though? I think that's the big debate that's raging online at the moment. It's very light on RPG elements, and I would fully agree with that. I think there's only four items that you use necessarily there's like no phoenix downs or anything like that there's potions and and tonics and that's pretty much it everything else is like a crafting material um so so what i have played um i'm not i'm not seeing the the rpg elements of it necessarily at the moment i mean obviously there's a skill tree Mm. um but but I, i think every every game basically has a skill tree now whether it's an rpg or not so perhaps those traditional rpg elements because they've just been incorporated into every other game sort of feel a bit diluted here um but the combat whilst it's not turn-based or anything like that is brilliant like the 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 guy that um did the devil may cry combat has, has had a hand in this one um and it's not necessarily as you juggling enemies for as long as possible and doing crazy combos, but there's a lot of depth to it, and yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I think I, um, I think they tried it with Final Fantasy 15, this this action RPG, but it never really quite clicked. But this time they've got it absolutely nailed.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I, I'm really I I I think the story is very strong. The the voiceover work is, is really strong as well, all these kind of British actors. Um mm. in there. And I think yeah, and and it's very much gr- it's really grown up, isn't it? So it's like you know, it's quite a shock first. Like, you know, you're basically there's a lot of killing. Swords are going in, some nudity. And um, so it's like it's quite it's a grown up. It's like someone compared it to Game of Thrones. They watched a lot they said they watched a lot of that. That was really so Swearing in it, so it has a very different feel, and and it's a really strong story. And they use the idea of the um, what they call the variants, are they the 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 creatures, the summons, icons, icons? Yeah, they use they've put that into the story really well. I think this idea that each person, a human, is like a a conduit for these things, aren't they? And they they become them. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I, I I noticed in like previous entries that they, they sort of not not used them as much as they could have done. Like 15, they only appeared when you were in dire need of them. Mm. Uh, 13, you could summon them, but in, they weren't necessary. I think the last main single player one that really used them was 10 and that, in, that incorporated them in quite a good way as well. But here they're used really well. So if you, if you, you're a dominant, if you have the ability to become one of these icons, the summons from the series, um, and then every so often they have these icon icon battles. Yeah. Um, I've I've done two of them. Um, the second one is like, um, without spoiling it a bit too much, it's basically like a, a, a match of Street Fighter or Tekken. It's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Um, but they've been really good so far. Um, I've heard like a lot of people saying that the the PlayStation Fives have heated that much during these icon battles that they've had to cool down and turn off for ten minutes. Really? Wow! Um, I can sort of see why because they are so intense yeah, and visually yeah. intense as well.
0: I think when you get into a rhythm of it, I think it's you you do go. It's quite linear. It's a linear journey. At the moment, it might open up, but I've got a feeling it doesn't that much. You've got quite a linear journey, and it's fight, 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 boss battle, fight, 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 boss battle. And I'm saying that because actually it's that quick. <laughs> isn't that right? It's not just like you're fighting through an area and you do one big boss. You're doing a few boss battles in that area. That's yeah, say, there's, there's
2: very, very frequent of the bosses. Yeah.
0: And that's not a bad They're thing. Cause, good. Yeah, because the combat's great. So... And the story's good. So, I, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm just a shame I had to kind of stop for a bit. And I did stop for a bit. The only thing I would say is you've got the main story, which is, I think, good, but you've got these terrible side quests. Like, i go, like, can you just go and get some wood from over there? All right, yeah. I thought, oh, this just be interesting. I'll go and get some wood. And it's got, obviously, it's, it's going to lead me somewhere else. You know, it would be like, I haven't got the wood. You have to go into this cave or we'll do that. No, no. The wood's over there standing on the by the side. All
2: right. Yeah. i just got
0: I've got the wood then. I'll just carry the wood over. Oh yeah, that's done.
2: What? Oh, oh can you deliver these three meals yeah. to the people that are <laughs> sat right in front of me? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there's no they're not giving you any secrets or anything. they just like, thank you very much. And you're like, oh <laughs> Yeah, so I don't think I think people are being a bit like, okay, the side I mean, I mean we're only a little way in, so it's a big old game. But yeah, I think it's great. I'm really enjoy it it looks wonderful as well.
2: Yeah, it does.
0: Yeah. So I'll be i will be interested to see, and I, I like the main per- the characters. I like, but well, that's a good thing. If you like the people, you all kind of find it. So that's good. Good. Final Fantasy sixteen. Um, still going on. I don't know what I'm saying, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> what, what have you got?
3: Oh dear. Um, I've been playing something quite different. So the first game I'm talking about is Amnesia: The Bunker. Mm. Uh, so this went up, and I think as few people hesitant to play it so i kind of said yeah why not i remember playing the first one i think it was back in 2010 um at a friend's house and being absolutely terrified of it so there's been i think there's been this is a third one now um and it's set uh, in the middle of world war one so you're kind of thrown into a trench a trench warfare battle and um, trying to help a friend who's been wounded and then before you know it you end up in this underground seemingly deserted disused bunker and there's something else down there and you basically have to find a way out of the bunker and it's very very um like visceral in terms of how it's done so for example there's a generator when you get to like your main safe room but you have to find canisters of fuel to power it up and then you've got a little clock and then when that runs out all the power will go down in the bunker um you know you've got the the use of lighting and shadows is it looks amazing and it sounds brilliant as well so if the creature you can hear it kind of above you or behind you or coming through the walls and you can track it because dust might fall down from the ceiling and there's little holes near the floor where it might emerge from um your heartbeat gets going as well it is it's one of the best horror games I think I've ever played, just in terms of how it makes you feel. And I play, I played it, I played it for quite a few hours at a time as well. And I was physically tense and sweating after playing it. It was that immersive because you kind of get to learn and listen out for the calling cards of if the creature is going to emerge or what it's going to do. But there's no predictable pattern. The AI is quite clever in how it changes, um, and you know you can pick up revolvers and things and you can you can ward it off temporarily but you can't actually stop it so you've got to be really clever and, and is really scarce it's just brilliant and then you get loads of logs that tell the story of what's been going on down there you find them as you as you explore so it's probably about it's fairly short it's about I know, seven or eight hours but it is brilliant while it lasts the only thing is the there's like a final encounter, if you like, and it just feels a bit out of place in terms of pacing. Right. That's the only thing I'd say. But but for the most part, it's it's absolutely superb, and it's on Game Pass, so I would recommend it if you can take it. What have you given it? Four and a half out of five. Oh. I've given it. Um, I was really impressed, and it was. I was really impressed because it's not just one of those games that's got a gimmick or it's terrifying, and you'll play it for an hour and turn it off, or whatever. It's you, it's very kind of easy to get sucked in, even though you're terrified for most of it. It, it. You you want to carry on playing. It's very well designed and very well crafted. Oh, I'm going to give that a go.
0: Brilliant. James James won't. James, tell us about what <laughs> game you've, you've been playing.
1: I'm playing Amnesia. No, I haven't. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm going with Lost Labyrinth. Okay. Lucidity Lost. My first one. And it's a. Like an escape room style puzzler and you start the game and it's completely dark and you're strapped into an old wheelchair and you've got this laser pointer on your head and you have to press a button to get the laser pointer to work. And basically you guide this girl to do everything for you in the rooms using the laser pointer. Um, And the puzzles are, are like... A mixture of lights out, um, and a little bit of algebra. Um, have <laughs> we, we ever played Cut the Rope, the PC game? <laughs> no, I haven't. A, oh, yes, I have. That. Yeah,
0: I have. I know what you
1: mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's a version of that. Um, and if you do something wrong, the girl dies and you die. Um, so you have to try again. <laughs> and it's quite, it's supposed to be a horror. And the death scenes are quite brutal. But it was a VR game. And without that immersion, you get for a VR game. It doesn't really feel that scary, you know what I mean? Um, and this girl's just completely clumsy as anything. And so you get irritated by her anyway. So you think, oh, well, I'll make a mistake. i make a mistake. It's not my problem. Um, so yeah, it's a... There's a few different routes to go down. It's quite a lot of puzzles. But like I say, it's just... It doesn't quite manage to hit the mark. Um, And then there's a a game they keep repeating in one of the rooms, which is like um, a chess game for kids. It's Japanese. And it doesn't tell you the rules. (laughs) It just shows you the tiles. It says, win the game. I'm like, what? (laughs) It's called, let's catch the lion. I'd never heard of it before. Um, And you've got to do that multiple times. So that was quite irritating. Um. So yeah, it was all right. Any questions?
3: Would you teach us how to play? What was it? Let's catch the lion, if if we I, asked you I to. I could now. <laughs> I oh, could brilliant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've played it endlessly. It's um, only really four tiles. It's pretty quick when you work out what the heck is going on. Wow.
0: Yeah. You know a game's good when it's got a little bit of algebra in it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, <that's great. laughs> that was the best Wow. Good.
0: Wow. Okay, good. There we go. Um last year. Oh, did you? Good. Yeah. Very good. Um did I chat about Layers of Fear? I don't think I did, did I? I think I said I was playing it in one of the things, but I did say so I've reviewed Layers of Fear and Layers of Fear is the updated version of those are fear One, and those are fear two and all the DLC packs, but in between it has a, in this new version it 's been upgraded so sound visuals some gameplay elements now there's you can you 've almost got like a weapon like a torch you can use to repel things back and or move mannequins but also there 's um, Unreal engine five it 's one of the sort of like very rare games that' have come out on Unreal Engine Five, so it, all the lighting and everything else looks. Amazing, and what they've got in between, they've got this. So, the first game is about an art really, about an artist and about the madness of an artist in this kind of old turn of the century house with relation to his family. The second, there's of fear, was about film. It was about an actor who arrived on a, a ship in the ocean to do a film that was was it real or was it not? And so it goes into this kind of but it's about filmmaking and acting. While well, the first one's about art, this there's in this new one there's a sort of like a bridge gap. So you're what bridges are two stories, you're a writer and you arrive at this lighthouse to kind of write your novel. You're a sort of famous writer and something's happened to your family and then you are trying to put these novels. But basically you're writing the first layers of fear and the second layers of fear. That makes sense. But in between you're sort of haunted by the same things that are linked in those two games. So instead of just doing a kind of, a sort of remaster or just a remake or just upgraded. They've kind of put this extra bit in as well, which is kind of interesting. That's a bridge between all these games and gives an extra bit of story and narrative. Um, I was a big fan of these games when they first came out in 2016 or something, in 19. Um, I loved them. and So it's very, you know, never go back. I've gone back all year long. I've ruined that thing, what shall I say? And... (laughs) And it was great to play it again just to see kind of visually what they... are. I couldn't remember any of it, to be honest. I couldn't, I couldn't remember the odd bit. But because it's like a... Both journeys are kind of like almost like a linear journey through. You're kind of just going through this kind of mad nightmare, surreal world. so kind of beautiful and strange and stuff. I mean, there's kind of added bits of gameplay, like I said, like there's kind of... Both things, there's kind of things following you. You have to kind of like try to escape or use a torch to put them back. But there's not... It's not really that combat heavy or anything like that it's more about kind of exploration and this journey through it's great and I've given it my first five out of five for the year I've done one oh. this year I know I loved it so if you haven't played Tales of Fear before and you like a kind of horror experience this would be the one to give mm. a go with I think yeah sounds good is, a lot it, of content. is it on Game Pass Gareth? I don't think it is I think it will be uh, Okay, I think wait for a bit I've got a feeling it would be on Game Pass mm. not that long Maybe the winter. But yeah, it's great. It's really good. Um James, I think you've played or you've looked at it, you? Or watched someone play it.
1: I played the first game. Oh, you did? I looked at some pictures on the wall <laughs> yeah. and got an achievement and then thought, That's oh, enough for me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Profit. <laughs> Just a tutorial, that uh, was not was much I could take.
0: Yeah, it is quite frightening. There's some amazing kind of images in there. Amazing. Um great. Let's uh let's move on. Richard, have you got another game for us?
2: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll talk about Crime Boss Rock A City.
0: <laughs> oh, oh
2: I avoided this one, didn't I? I'm sort of, I feel like I'm gonna defend it a little bit from good <laughs> because what I've played um, I'm quite enjoying, if I'm being totally mm. honest. Um, it's a roguelike roguelite Light with a T not a K, um sort of payday rip off. Uh the single player campaign has you starting from scratch playing as a guy called Travis Baker. Not Travis Barker. Can't remember <laughs> which way around. Travis Barker's the drummer from Blink, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> Travis Baker. Um who's Michael Madsen. Oh um and then you start from scratch and then you've just got to build up your criminal empire uh but it's full of 80s and 90s cameos so there's, there's people there's vanilla rice he's one of the baddies in it
0: I'm uh nervous.
2: danny Trejo, chuck norris is the sheriff uh <laughs> danny danny glover is is a detective um just everyone like that is so i think yeah everyone sort of remembers this this initial trailer um i think it was at the game awards or something and then it just disappeared yeah. off the face of the earth. came out on pc a few months ago and got absolutely slated mm-hmm. um but it's arrived on consoles now and the gameplay is incredibly repetitive um as as james and paul will will no doubt <laughs> testify when we, when we had a session on it last week um but I do quite like the, the the mechanics of it. So, as I said, you're trying to build up this criminal empire. You've got a map, and you've got territories that you can take over by building up uh, a re- a resource of soldiers, and then send them in to sort of take over these areas. Uh, you do little odd jobs that gets you money, and then you can buy new um, team members and guns and stuff. Um, so once all that's working, it, it does get you do get into like quite a good rhythm with managing these different resources and everything. Um, or oh, that was until um, earlier on today, I I was trying to take over someone's territory and some guy came up to me and pistol whipped me and killed me instantly. But because I was playing as Travis Baker, that was that run over then. So I had to start from the very beginning. Jesus. Oh, Jesus.
0: Well, I don't, what I don't understand about it, is what is it? Is it a GTA kind of game
2: or is it a... It's yeah. like it's like a, a payday, payday clone. So you, you've uh, got these sh- missions that take less than 10 minutes. You basically need to go into a location, steal a load of stuff and then get out of there or go in and kill everyone and then get out of there. So that, that aspect of it is very repetitive and I'm not sure whether it would keep my attention for everything else. But in terms of like a uh, the little resource management side of it, it's, it's quite, it's quite addictive. Um, you, you get different kinds of loop that you then need to check how, how that kind of loop is available side like drugs. If the price of drugs is down, you best off holding keeping hold of it and stuff like that. So there's lots of little things like that that are quite good. Um, but the main, the main crux of it is just this repetitive gameplay. So I'm, I'm really not sure. At this point, I'm, I'm writing the review for it at the moment. I'm not sure what, what score I'm going to give it. Right. Okay. It's one of those tricky ones.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go, oh, Richard. Well, uh, and you've played it as well, James, If you? What do you
1: think? I uh-huh. have. I mean, it was, it was challenging. Um, and the AI's That's... a little bit irritating.
2: It was it challenging was just because we were playing with Paul. Yeah,
1: he keeps that Gaze of War. He's <laughs> got a shot in his hand. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was... It, 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 I'd promise. I think having that big cast makes the cutscenes a little bit interesting and fun. Right. I don't think it's a great game, but it's not a terrible game. OK. I think Richard's about right. It's, yeah. There's bits of it that you would definitely enjoy. Right. But it's, I think Play Day 3 is going to be the... Uh, Clinical at these games <laughs> in a few months. We all play it. Yeah, we all going to play. Yeah, we did make a pack. pack. Oh yeah yeah, 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 we did. <laughs> good luck with that, guys. Yeah, good luck. You're going to too Darren. Yeah. I'll, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll just provide analysis. <laughs> don't
0: worry Because one of us would definitely drop out. Probably me. It's going
1: to be me. Yeah.
0: <guys>. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, good. Thank you very much, Richard. Um, we won't be playing that. Um, let's talk about you. one more game, Darren. What have we got?
3: Uh, so keeping the horror vibe going i have recently well just submitted my review actually and uh, so it should be up hopefully by the time this goes out uh, don't go into the house it's called so it's uh, another kind of horror it's it's billed as a horror stealth simulator game so you play uh, a couple of short prologue missions but the main game is you're trapped in a murderer's house and you have to try and get out essentially it's a bit like Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes Um, and you it's a bit of a sandbox type situation so you have to find certain items to unlock certain ways to progress and find your way out gradually bit by bit to escape this fella called the butcher who literally spends half his time in the house just endlessly chopping limbs um on a little kitchen side bit, um but then every now and then he'll peel away from that and he'll kind of patrol the house and it sounds a bit uh cliched actually it's quite good and i think it's it's enjoyable just because they really nail the theme so the kind of i'm hesitant to say gimmick but the kind of pull if you like is that it's it's presented through as if you're watching an old vhs tape so it's quite grainy um, in terms of visuals, but so really puts it in that kind of slasher era, like Friday the Thirteenth and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all that. Um, and the actual like kind of game engine looks like it's come from the PS One era. So you think about the first couple of Tomb Raider games; that's the level of of kind of graphical fidelity that's there. But actually, it's 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 quite it is quite scary in certain parts as well, like similar to Amnesia you kind of. Have to listen out for footsteps and if you hide your heart will start beating but the the screen will distort you used to get those like white lines of videotape like you'll get a load of that happening as well um and there's quite a low poly use of sound so it's quite um it's quite an uh, again quite an immersive experience um through that kind of retro viewpoint if you like um and i did enjoy it, it there, there are there's limited save points so like ink ribbons in resident evil you have to find videotapes to save and the save room is up in the vent somewhere so it can get a bit frustrating if you keep getting killed and you have to replay certain uh, segments of the game um but alongside the butcher there is um grandma who goes around in an electric wheelchair trying to hunt you down as well (laughs) who can quite immaculately just get up and downstairs Mm. like it's like there's no business so it is a bit wacky but um I've played worse, so yeah, it's worth it's worth a look. Seven. I think it's around fifteen quid though, so okay. it's not a it's not a cheap punt, but it's pretty good to be fair. I gave it a four, so yeah. it is it is quite um, it is quite immersive. What it tries to do, it, it doesn't feel like a cheap knockoff. But yeah. when you look at it at first, that's exactly what you probably think it is. But give it a chance.
0: Okay, and that's called Stay Out of the House.
3: Right. Uh, oh yes, have I have I called it the wrong thing? <laughs> it's all right. that's what I normally <laughs> yeah. do on not here. Not uh, go dear. Uh,
2: good
0: that's good i was doing it i wasn't bringing it up i was hopefully we were just going to carry on and you wouldn't remember that you said the first bit I've
3: just, <laughs> I've just checked my copy and i have pulled it the right game in the actual review so
0: good. that's, that's it, good so. very good um james what's your last game
1: um, it's again, as I look forward to immensely, called Puzzle Quest 3. Now, you know, I love my match 3 games. I'm um, a gems and warholic, just in case you didn't know. Um, and this is a free to play version of Puzzle Quest. It's the third main entry, um, and you're matching gems to make three or more. Any questions? <laughs> <laughs> no, joking. Um, now, they've changed the actual gameplay because whereas in most of these games, you make a match, your opponent takes a match, and then you keep going back and forth, and then you, you cause damage by matching schools. Um, but in this, you have like a certain amount of action points to use in each turn. So you can commit like, two, three, four matches in one goal and then it goes over to your opponent. And I think that's okay if it wasn't for the fact that the opponent attacks every turn. It's a little bit unfair, because no matter what matches they make, they still get to cause the damage. It's a bit weird. Um, But, you know, match threes, it is what it is. If you enjoy it, it's it's good fun. Um, There's loads of spells, loads of loot to collect, tons of game modes. Um, but again, because it, it's a free to play game, a lot of microtransactions thrown in your face quite often. Um, and the, the user interface is extremely clunky, because um, it is like a mobile game, the way it feels. Um, but yeah, I, I think the a lot to do. Don't quite get the gameplay spot on like it used to. I used to love puzzle quest games um, it's not quite up there in the previous ones um, Yeah, it's ready to do it. it's free I'd say give guys a go to like match three um, but be prepared to avoid the temptation of spending money because it will try and get you Good. at every corner
0: you talked about that Any questions you talked about that a lot more than I thought you would
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was very detailed. I liked it. Very detailed. Yeah. Cool. Um no, I haven't got any questions. Is Darren or, or Richard? No, um, I like a puzzle
3: game, but yeah. no, no questions. No,
0: good. Um the last oh. game we're gonna talk about is a game called Burnhouse Lane, and I think it comes out today. Um it's definitely out this week. Um Burnhouse Lane is by a small team called Halster Games, I think. Um like it's, I think it's two brothers who are kind of like made the game. One does all the game and writing, the other one does all the artwork. Um, you know, there's when you play games over you know, again, you go. I, and we're very lucky because we get to play a lot of indie games and games that we generally, if we weren't reviewing, we wouldn't ever buy. Probably, maybe
3: that's that fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. That's and nice. that's that's the beauty of it. And so you do stuff, and you go, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" You find these kind of gems, and I think. Burn Haslane tells a story. It's set in kind of England. You play um, a nurse whose partner has died of um, some illness, his husband, and you've got lung cancer. And it starts the first bit of the game. is like you're hanging yourself. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Really yeah, so oh, that was yeah, a very Yeah. It's a frog. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then the rope breaks, and then you're... Fine, and then you get a call to be an agency nurse to go and look after in the countryside of this old man in a farm and basically you go to the farm um look after this old man called george and you get these instructions like so you have to make him a sandwich every day so you have to choose how to make what ingredients to do um but then these strange things happen straight away down the basement this is kind of strange kind of like atmosphere and you find yourself in this other world called Burnhouse lane and Burnhouse Lane is almost like a purgatory kind of world, full of people who are in between, who are dying, or like her, for died of lung cancer. And she finds someone called the Burned Cat, which is kind of a huge cat, who basically says, you have to kill these four people, and then you can the cancer can be taken away from you. So you go on this kind of like 10-hour journey to do that. It's a real mixture of kind of like, reality into fantasy into back again these strange characters come there but what's really amazing about this it kind of art style they've, they've sort of the characters it just looks unlike anything else just look under google it look and you'll have a look it's called uh burn lane and you'll see it's just yeah, beautiful yeah it's beautiful at times so, sort of like the way it's drawn it's like hand-drawn art on kind of moving on a sort of 2d world that you travel across um it's exceptional. I really loved it. I have played it all the way through, sort of ten hours in a couple of days. Really, that's how it got my attention. It's it's strange. There's a great thing when you the save points are like like well, we talked about ribbon things. The only way you can save is ash ashtrays where you smoke for a bit, which I really liked. That's your saving smoking, and then you go around. Even
2: though you've got long yeah
0: character. yeah. Oh. Remind you of constant time oh, yeah. a bit. You know, remember that constant time. The comic book yeah. thing. He was always smoking. Mm-hmm. He had lung cancer as well. So, it's um, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's upsetting. It's really. I found it great, and it's amazing. It's made by a small team. People are so good. People are so amazing. These kind of, you know, I love these kind of small team developers doing everything themselves, like the music. Yeah, absolutely. Which brings us on to another kind of small developer that I got a chance to speak to. Um, this week about a game called Despoté. I think I've said it wrong already. I think I said yeah. it wrong in the interview, I haven't. <laughs> right. um, and we're going li- to have a quick listen, then. <laughs> We're going to have a quick listen now. Um, fantastic people from New York, we had a kind of chat about their new game, and here it is. Um, hi, Julian, how are you doing? i doing good. Um, can I just start by saying, can you introduce yourself and your role on... Despelote. How do I say the name, first of all? Have I got this right? Despelote?
4: Uh, so, uh, my name is Julián, uh, like oh, yeah. Julian, but in Spanish. <laughs> um, and uh, my role is I'm the lead uh, developer and designer of uh, Despelote.
0: Ah. I was pretty close, wasn't I, on that?
4: Yes. <laughs> and you <he, laughs> uh,
0: said Despelote, right? Ah, that's good. Right. Yeah. Um, could you give us a quick um, overview of the game?
4: Um, So yeah Despelote is a game about soccer
0: Um, and it's a game about
4: basically kicking a ball around uh, with friends as a kid and it's all set in Ecuador in Quito which is where I grew up and uh, you're yeah you're just exploring a park and kicking a ball around and getting into like mischief and um, you're slowly absorbing like the the conversations of the people of the park and the the environment and uh, yeah there's like a Sort of subtle narrative that happens in the background,
0: and the, can you say sorry? The town that you were brought up in the game. What's the name of the town? Quito. Quito ah. Ecuador. Ah, and how capital. how big is that place? Is it, a, is it like a city or or like a? It's a know,
4: big part? city. It's it's a capital. Uh, I think it's. Oof, how many how many people are there? More than two million. Ah! Wow! Wow! Um. So it, yeah, it's a big
0: city. Um. And I'm really interested in about how autobiographical it is. Is is, is it about you at that certain time? Because it's set in 2002, is that right? Yes.
4: So basically, yeah, it's set in 2001, which is uh, basically when the qualifiers were happening for uh, the World Cup of 2002. And that was the first time that Ecuador qualified to the World Cup. And for me, that's one of my earliest memories. Um, Because it was like... Ecuador is like such a tiny country. Uh, when we first made it to the World Cup, it felt like a big deal because we were finally sort of like in the world stage and like people were paying attention attention to us, even though it was, I don't know, just soccer. Um, mm. So that's one of my earliest memories and I have a feeling that like, that being one of like my generation's earliest memories like had like a big impact on us because all of a sudden we felt like we can do it like ecuador can do it which mm. i don't know my parents generation like didn't have for example and um and it, yeah it's like something that's like not very significant obviously like soccer but it, it people really like latch onto it mm. and for me i find that really interesting and like how that sort of like the soccer like bleeds into like the rest of uh, the culture i guess mm.
0: um, I, th- I think that's really interesting it's a very interesting thing about how football Oh sorry and with soccer. Um, no, it, look like. <laughs> it has it it does it does change sometimes it changes countries, doesn't it? It changes other people's perception of countries or it changes the country from within about how people are proud of a country or how they see their country and how it might it, and sometimes those big events change things, don't exactly. they? Exactly. Yeah.
4: Exactly. And I think it like it really and like, yeah, in Ecuador, we have a big like football culture and uh, like as, as is the case in all of Latin America, really. And uh, I think it's like something that people really just like, and I, I grew up like just watching it all the time, playing it like every day. And I wanted to be a soccer player when I grew up. Sorry, I'm oh. using soccer and football interchangeably. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> here in the US, everybody <laughs> says soccer. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, Uh, yeah Uh, so i i wanted to do that and like for me like it was like such a big part of it but then when i came to the u.s um the culture here isn't like nobody really cares about soccer really that deeply so i like took a step back from it and uh, I, i wasn't playing as much anymore and i wasn't watching it as much and i think that distance all of a sudden made me realize like After a few years, I was like, oh, like, yeah, this was, like, a really important thing in my life. And now it's, like, not really there anymore. And, like, I was just, like, wondering, like, what the role of, yeah, like, football had been in my life. And um, so I guess the, the idea of the game, making the game sort of came from there. And immediately as I started developing it, it, like... All of a sudden became about like my memory thing uh soccer and just kicking a ball around and how that was so tied to the context and i was also living in the us and missing ecuador a lot and uh, so it became really this like sort of trying to like create this like or, or or represent this like memory of of growing up in ecuador around this time and how yeah the soccer was like very central to it but like and how that sort of bled into Everything else. Yeah. So then, in the game, it's not really like okay, yeah, this happened to me exactly when I was a kid. It's more like a this was like the this is a very like blurry memory um, of of that time and uh, all the yeah the characters uh, they're all played by like my family and friends. So when I was, uh, when we were working with them and recording all the voices, uh, they're all improvised. (laughs) Uh, All the voices are improvised, um, all the conversations that people have. And so it was very easy for them to be like, for me to be like, okay, just imagine there's a kid and that's me. Um, And for example, the parents in the game are played by my parents (laughs) and they, they would just, yeah, pretend like I was, I was a kid. And so it, it sort of became a little like. I'm the character <laughs> in the yeah. game, and then yeah. yeah. So it's it's not like exactly like autobiographical. Like yeah, this happened, this happened, this happened in my life. But it's more like yeah, this is this is the environment I grew up in, and I'm trying to capture that.
0: The, and also, you must have because it's your parents and your friend. You must have had those conversations, remembering those that time as well in two thousand and
4: one. Exactly. Yeah, it was very interesting to just like be like, oh yeah remember that time like what was happening in 2001 in your life what was like the whole? what do you remember of like the country the the vibe of the country mm. and try to like capture that with people it, it, i remember it way better than i do because i was a kid I, I, I barely remember it to be honest
0: yeah of course um with the game itself do you if i always hate to pigeonhole this but in terms of gameplay how would you describe that a little bit more
4: um, um, what the gameplay is? Like yeah, the gameplay. It is, like? it,
0: it's it's got kind of, it's got physical. It's got uh, physics kind of based gameplay as well, has not it? As well as like you said, kind of almost like RPG elements of talking to people.
4: Yeah. So basically, I would describe it as it's like uh, first person exploration. Like you're oh. you're running around in first person, um, and then you're the. For us, it was very important to develop this like uh, very physical interaction with the with a soccer ball. Um, so when you're kicking it around um it feels you know it's it's in 3d and it's it's uh it feels very physical because for me yeah this this relationship to the ball it's like the sort of the primary relationship in the game and that uh yeah it was important for us to like feel for that to feel very dynamic um and then basically you're you're not really having conversations with people you're more just overhearing conversations um, you as you explore the park and the, all the environments, this the, the city, like a tiny block of the of, of the city. Um, you you're sort of overhearing these these conversations, and right. basically, as as if you're a kid, like a lot of these conversations, you don't have the the full context of, um, but it's it's they hopefully like give you a glimpse of like what sort of the place is all about, mm. and um. And, yeah, you're just, like, running around as a kid, just, like, absorbing the world. Um, and, yeah, then there's, like, a sort of, like, a, a structure, like a narrative structure that sort of uh, progresses you throughout the game.
0: Um, it's got such an amazing kind of visual style. I, I can just love what I've seen so far. Thank about, you so much. And you, use, and you use real photographs from the area. Uh, how did you How did you do that? How did you come up with that thought?
4: Yeah, so basically, uh, when I started on the game, I, I contacted this uh, friend of mine that um, uh, w- was, I really admired his work in Ecuador, um, and uh, so I, I I I asked him if he wanted to make a game with me, and he and I had never made games before, uh, but he came from, like, a 2D sort of animation background and 2D, like, graphic design, and... Uh, he he was also a musician, so he also made some music for the game. But basically we, we were we were trying to figure out because I was describing like we, it was very important for us for the game to be in three D and it feel very physical that way. Um we were trying to figure out how to make it work with his 2D style. So but once we tried the well, first of all the characters and the hand-drawn characters um on in three D, uh they felt really expressive in a way that like really felt like captured the the tone we were going for with the characters mm. um and uh yeah besides that then the environments it was like it was really we really liked this contrast and having it feel very like this fuzzy memory yeah. um so but what we did is actually we uh yeah sebastian like he actually learned how to 3d model for this and then what he does is he takes pictures of like a lot of buildings and a lot of like Uh, I don't know important buildings that we like in Quito and little houses and stuff. And he then uses those those buildings or uses those photos to like create a a model from them. And the models are very like they're yeah they're not like obviously very like I mean they're photorealistic in the sense that they're literally a photo, but they don't look you know like really like well the like how do I describe this? they're basically, like the, the whole aesthetic of the game is uh, it's kind of noisy, and uh, yeah. because of that, it was very easy to integrate like not great pictures. And actually, like yeah, the rougher the picture looked, the the better it looks. in within our style, yeah. And also, we felt like that had like more the most personality. Like we didn't have to recreate the like, thought We could just like, capture it and put it into the game.
0: It's like um, what's the word? It's a it's a it's like um a symbolic version of what that person's vision of it is rather than something like an accurate version of say yeah. something like grand theft Auto when they're doing let's do that that street goes like that it's exactly
4: yeah yeah it, it's n- more like a symbolic and as i said like this whole idea of like this is a fuzzy memory mm. uh, yeah yeah it's, that's it, been it, sort of gu- guiding us and it, uh yeah we we were happy when we like sort of landed on this art style because it felt, uh, yeah, we really like this this uh, duality of the styles, as I was saying, and uh, we, yeah, I don't know, I think Sebastian did like, a great job, and it was really fun to like work with him and try to like make it his style, his two D style, work in three D.
0: Yeah, it's it's really lovely, it's really original. Um, music as well. You said Sebastian worked, and you've worked on the music. How did you form the soundtrack? How, where did it come from? You well, know, it came from,
4: honestly, like, I feel like Sebastian is, I, I really like, like, his music I've, I've loved for a long time, and so it was like a thing where like, okay, we, the, the, the big challenge for us was figuring out like the art style with him and how like it would look, but the music like to him, I, I feel like it just comes so naturally, like I'm like, I would be like, okay, this moment might need a, like more of like a soundtrack, soundtrack like vibey uh, feeling yeah (laughs) and then he just goes and like i don't know honestly like usually he makes something and it's like oh yeah this is exactly what i was (laughs) imagining to be honest it's just been like really incredible to work with him i really admire him and um yeah we obviously we go back and forth but the like the music has yeah just like sort of come about naturally as as we've sort of needed it in the game um
0: how's it been like working with panic
4: um I think it was very nice yeah we we were very happy to sign with them um uh like about a year ago and they yeah they've been they've been very supportive they i think they really them liking the game really gave us a boost and confidence um, that the game yeah could actually be uh I don't know successfully released and um yeah it, it it's really nice to just have their their support and so far yeah it's it's been great I'm really excited to release it with them Great.
0: Um, now, despelote, what does it mean? Has it got translation into English?
4: Yes, so there is no direct translation uh, of despelote to English, but um, basically uh, despelote in Ecuador is a saying that you say like, esto está hecho despelote, would mean like, this is a mess, <laughs> um, like a phrase. And, uh, but uh, pelota in Spanish means ball um so it's sort of like a a play on words of yeah pelota like ball and like this is a mess Um, the name actually came from like originally when i was like starting the game i was like describing it to my mom um and like describing like how i wanted to like approach approach soccer in this like very like different way and uh how like yeah i wanted to deal with all these like subjects and whatever and she was like oh yeah that sounds like a Mess. So that sounds like a display. No? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. we like oh yeah, that's perfect. That's that's a name. That's it, great. Actually, it was really nice to like just set that name uh, very early on, and because it sort of did guide the identity of what the game would be. Like we were also like, yeah, we're not going to translate this. There is no translation, and that's sort of what we like about it. Like that's sort of what the game is, mm. anyways. So yeah, that that, that was very important.
0: Um, I got one final question for you um what do you think ecuador's chances of reaching the 2026 world cup will you be there
1: i i i wish
4: yeah i want to be here um yeah it's it's happening here in the us uh i think ecuador has good chances because we have a very young team um i think in the last world cup in qatar it was we had the the youngest team and they're all very good and i think they're just getting older and they're going to get better. I my hope is that we start like a really good like Ecuador and actually it's gonna be the best Ecuadorian team of all time. Um there is a problem with the qualifiers where uh because of some uh there was like this this one player that like supposedly is Colombian um and there was like the some weird, weird paperwork and uh we're so we're starting the the qualifiers with negative three points. Oh no. man the right. qualifiers in South America are really hard because there's a lot of good teams. Um, but honestly, I feel really confident that we have a good team. I think
0: Ecuador can get
4: get far. far where far
0: are you? Wins. Where are you based in America? I'm in New York. Ah, oh, okay. So it's yes, It's I'm mostly on York. the on the West Coast, isn't it? The World Cup is that right, or is it everywhere?
4: It's everywhere. I think. Everywhere. There is, wow. there is a few games here in New York or New Jersey. Um, but it's yeah, it's everywhere. Kind I think there's like ten because this World Cup is going to be bigger. There's 48 teams. That's right. Yeah. So there's going to oh. be like double the amount of games. It's going to be in Canada and Mexico
0: and the and the US. Um, maybe yeah. Ecuador. Give me my second team. My first yes. That's, I, that would be yes. definitely that'd be great. Um, now, when are you? I'm when's good. the game? When's the game releasing on Xbox? Uh,
4: next year. Next year. Next year we don't have a date yet, uh, but we're pretty confident that it'll release next year. Brilliant.
0: Um, um, thank you so much for this. I'm really looking forward to playing it next year. It's it's, it's such a an intriguing concept, and it looks great. I um, can't wait to get my hands on it. Um, thank you so much for spending some time today. I'm really looking forward to playing the game in 2024, and it's really good. I'm, and I, like I said, Ecuador is going to be my 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 second team. After England, nice for the twenty twenty six World Cup. Uh, thank you very much, and um, good luck with the game.
4: Thank you so much. Yeah, it was great talking to you.
0: Now it's worth noting, just straight away this week, they've also the two thousand twenty three Becker Festival, which is a big kind of like arts festival, film festival, mm-hmm. big prestige. They got a they got a special mention in the jury prize for that game as well. So, shouts out to them for that this week. Um, What did you think? Any questions? Have you had a look at it? The game?
3: It's not coming out. um, Yeah, I think just what you were talking about earlier in the podcast about Burnhouse Lane, I think it's got a very, very striking visual style as well. And I know when you were chatting about it, it's kind of almost like, paper cutouts over really realistic environments as well. I, I've not yeah. seen anything quite like that. I was really taken aback by that. It really caught my eye.
0: Yeah, so kind of that photograph, you know, the maps of the streets and playing yeah. around with that kind of artistic vision of
3: that. Yeah, so it's kind
0: of amazing. James, it's about football.
1: I <laughs> think it's about the build-up to the uh, 2002 World Cup, which yeah. I remember quite fondly. Um, I'm still quite disappointed in your South American capital city Oh, that's was a... Ooh, that was bad, wasn't it? Oh, that was bad.
0: I was very embarrassed. But,
1: but yeah, I, I think it's semi-biographical and it's a bit... Well, it is his life, but it's how he remembers it, isn't it? Mm. So it's a little bit different. Um, but I think it'll be interesting. and a nice little story, I think. Mm. I think football is just a, a way to channel that story. Yeah. Uh, I like the look of it. I it. I'm impressed in the initial idea anyway. Yeah. see how it turns out. Um, Richard, any thoughts?
2: Yeah, similar to what James has said, uh, it's always like a World Cup or a Euro championship sort of unites the country for, for a few mm-hmm. weeks. Um, but it's, so it's going to be interesting to see that from a different point of view for a country that... That qualifying for for the first major tournament is such a big deal like as an England fan it's almost expected at major tournaments but to see this different perspective and how much it means to them yeah I'm looking forward to seeing that.
0: Great, well we look forward to playing the game in 2024 Um, Are you going? I'm not going to say, I can't say it I'm so so confident That's the one, thank you James Um, I said it perfectly in the interview unbelievable Um, (laughs) Unbelievable Great, let's have a quick run up of the news before we go. Um there's not a lot going on at the moment. There's a big Sony and Xbox court case I'm just lost interest. I and mean, who wants to talk about that? Anyone want to talk about this going on? I mean it's just basically say Game Pass is terrible. Xbox is gonna buy No. One everything. Likes Game Pass. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's ridiculous. I think Sony are um,
3: worried. That's that's what it boils I mean, down yeah, to, isn't it? I, yeah. I was going to say the same. I think it's all, it's all, they're airing all the dirty laundry in public. And there's a couple of interesting snippets like, oh, well, the scrolls, six is five plus years work, et cetera. But most of it is just the kind of, he said, she said stuff. And I'm, I'm not getting kind of sucked into it. Like you guys, I'm not really, I'm not really bothered.
0: You sort of get involved in sort of like corporations arguing now, don't we? That's, that's what I do a mm. lot about, you know, Finances basically, it's all this is about, it's about, and also it's about it's so weird. I don't understand with the Sony argument. What I don't understand is Sony
1: have got big games that they've got exclusives on, haven't they? And Marvel, yeah, Marvel's right
0: yeah,
2: yeah, like
1: they, the... they go, Oh, yeah, Xbox, do you want this? No, they go, No, we're having
2: that. I love how they're, they're so having so this argument. Um... I... I love how they having this argument about how Xbox are buying a Leagues exclusive when they bought one literally last week.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's a really strange, very odd. I can't work it out. It's a weird position that they're taking as well because they're coming out with some ridiculous quotes. Yeah. It's almost like Jim Ryan's trying to get an early severance or something. Mm. I think he works <laughs> out the way he's going on because he's just making a mockery for yeah. PlayStation.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all a bit. It's all it's all a bit unfortunate. Something I don't want to be doing. But we did get Xbox at a price hike like, So there's been a price hike in, around the world, but in the UK I think the Xbox Series X has gone up by I don't know, twenty, thirty quid or something, isn't it? But um
1: That's surprising.
0: Um Xbox Game Pass has gone up. If you have just got the normal Game Pass has gone up by a pound a month. If you've got the ultimate, which is I think generally what a lot of us have got, it's an extra two pound mm. a month. Sorry, James. You said that's. The you, you said that's. Yeah, that's surprise Tell me about. It. What, what do you think?
1: I I I've never known any console come out and then go up after a few years. Mm. That's a weird thing to drop mm. the price on. Can, I mean, can I? Sorry, James. Yeah, go go
2: through, go, go. Okay. No, I was just going to say because I I work with uh, where yeah. I work, we deal with with components. The, a lot of them similar components go into Xboxes. So for the past two years the state of the market's just been terrible. And whilst it's calmed down a little bit now, Xbox will have been selling them for a lot at a loss for so long that they just they they need to recuperate some
1: money on them. So I think that's why
2: the price has gone. It's not yeah.
1: low now. It's not going to work. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah.
1: You need some money. So
3: how how does that factor into the new xbox uh, series s is it that's supposed to be launching is that going to put a further strain on demand for these components because they're launching like an, another kind of tier of that console aren't they
2: Yeah, uh, i think the market's in a much better position now than where it used to be it was just set the semiconductors it was a perfect storm to do with covid so covid happened factories shut everyone stayed indoors started buying a lot more tech want enough mm. components to go around and it's taken this long to sort of get it back to a situation where it was almost pre-covid um but like i say now there's there's been lots lots have done lots done like new factories have been built and they're coming online now and everything else so i think okay yeah it's, it's sort of evened itself out a little bit now and companies have been stockpiling these things and finished goods as well for a long time so i think they can go ahead and say look we've got a new version of the xbox series s out now Mm. and they'll be able to meet demand a lot better than when these consoles first launched
0: okay what about game Pass?
3: i'm not surprised no to be fair i don't think it's a scandalous amount i think we've all been long assuming there's going to be some sort of price rise coming down the line i mean xbox Game Pass Ultimate since launch I think no one can argue it's added lots of games lots of day one games I'm not surprised that it's gone up a bit
0: Can I be devil's advocate? Mm. Don't keep wasting the money trying to buy Blizzard and Call of Duty and go to court for (laughs) millions of pounds maybe save all that money and put it back into the casino You
1: actually have to pay act with your money it's not done by of certain time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be be a disaster. Without getting too... Also,
3: getting
0: too political, I think the problem I have at the moment with everything, everything's going up. Everything's going up, including your phones, Mm -hmm. your rent, everything. And at the moment, we've got a massive problem in our country when it's about rentals and people are being Mm -hmm. chucked out of their homes and they can't do it because all the rent's gone up. But it's the people... Mm -hmm. It comes down to consumers again, people buying stuff. We can't go... I'm gonna put my wages up because I can't do it. No, we have to sort of stay on the same way. and it's the same with everything else. It just becomes I just I personally just think at this time it's not the right time to do that. No, probably it's it is for them. I, I can understand what Richard said about the console; that makes sense. But yeah, it's just, but it doesn't function. They, they, ch-
2: they tried it a few. A few I can't remember when it was when they tried to put uh, xbox live up to 50 quid a year from mm. from 40 quid but there was that much backlash about it they they changed their mind about it so to, to then that was a, that was a good couple of years ago as well so yeah. i think to then have this this steady period i, I don't think we can have too many complaints that because Has has Ultimate gone up in price at all since it launched, or was it always £10.99 a month?
3: I think it's always been at that, and that's what I was saying. In terms of the offering has increased, I think, because they made a commitment with day one games. And I, I totally lean into the political side of it, Gareth. But I, on the flip side of that, I guess
0: I think objections
3: ri- are you know, abs- for the next three, four years. Yeah. Like, when are they going to have to pull the trigger at some point? I think.
0: But I think this is a problem at the moment. If you're looking at something, I think everyone is in a position now when they, you know, everyone you talk to is going, "What can I cancel?" Mm. And it's like, "What streaming thing can I cancel? What can I cancel? What can I do? How's a way of getting around something? If I cancel and then I join again later on?" There isn't any Xbox deals. They've got rid of most of those now. They're really rare, but it's going to be—it's hard for people at the moment. Even a couple of quid extra a month, people start to go: Can I do that? Can I do this? Can I get rid of that? Mm -hmm. I know we're getting all this amazing stuff on Xbox Game Pass. Not doubting that at all, but I think it's a—it's just—it just just becomes too much after a while. I think for people, that's enough of my soapbox. Right.
2: <laughs> but, but when is the right time then?
0: I don't think anything's the right fine. time. When you're, when you're doing a £50 billion court case and then you're going, well, actually, we need a bit more money. I never think it's the right time. But that's my personal opinion. <laughs> we don't reflect. I think it's very hard to ask people for money when you're spending money on stuff it, like that.
1: Does that mean they start charging for the podcast then? Oh, yes, the podcast has gone up to to 0.1p. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Um, now, what are we looking forward to next week? Anything at all? Um, James? Uh, a haircut. Oh, I'm getting a haircut
1: as well, yeah. I'm, I'm currently right 80s Bon Jovi, and I want to be mid-2000 Bon Jovi. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nice, I like it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, Dan, what about you?
3: I've got some really exciting news, actually. Oh, um, really? on Sunday I'm going for another car ring. Oh, so great. you oh, know, wow. keeping it uh, keeping it bon Joviates. <laughs> um, so yeah, a load of us are going from work for a bit of a social, so that'll be good. Um, but I am looking forward, on a serious note, to the Anna Per's showcase, which I believe is. This very evening as oh, you yeah. listen to this. So, we could, we'll talk about it um, next week. I, I thought that was really strong last year, so I'm really looking forward to what they've got to show this year. Right. Yeah. We'll talk about that next week. Um,
0: Richard what about you? Uh
2: that as well. Heard a few things already. Um really looking forward to seeing them. And I am off to see Steve O in his stage show on Saturday, so God knows what it. that's gonna entail. But <laughs> I'm looking forward to
0: it. Good. Um, I'm going to go to the beach on Sunday, Saturday. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen the sea for a long time, so I'm going to go there. That's going to be my highlight of the week and uh, rage into the dying light. My, <laughs> my, my, my Xbox uh, thoughts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I say that sounds very somber. It, it does, isn't it? <laughs> I like it. Um, thank you very much, gentlemen. If we can get a hold of you, can we get a hold of you, Darren?
3: Uh, if you want to get hold of my gaming politics hybrid feed on Twitter, my handle is at 27Darren. Great.
0: And what about you, Richard?
2: Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram, and my handle is at 001912. And James,
1: what about you? And I'm on Twitter and Instagram, and my tag is at LTVJL.
0: Good, and you can find me at TV, Brian, and Twitter and Twitch, but for now, we'll see you next week.
1: Bye Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to the official podcast of the Xboxhub.com. You have to find all the notes of this show at slash podcast You can also check out our social feeds on Instagram and Twitter at the Xbox Hub and search for the Xbox Hub on Facebook.